Can you believe it, Caitlin? Here we are wrapping up our inaugural signature series of Eat, Think, and Be Merry. No, I really can't. It's pretty crazy. The year has flown by and we've hosted so many great conversations with some truly amazing guests. So Lisa, what would you say is your biggest takeaway from the Eat, Think, and Be Merry podcast? There are so many great takeaways. For me, something that I felt echoed through each episode was how everyone eats. And while food sustains us, it really goes much deeper. Food can be healing, it can be spiritual, it can be cultural, and it can be a conduit to discuss really challenging social topics like food insecurity, sustaining food systems, the removal of African-American narratives in barbecue, the challenges of being a woman in the brewing industry, and the impact of slavery and black farmer representation in the state of Missouri. The Eat, Think, and Be Merry podcast has been an opportunity to showcase how food impacts our regional and national identity, communities, neighborhoods, and everyday lives. For sure. And as stated by American chef, cookbook author, educator, and television personality James Beard, food is our common ground, a universal experience. By exploring the role food plays in our everyday lives and in shaping our society, We can gain a deeper understanding of who we are with the hopes of making us more capable of fostering a more perfect union for a complex and diverse citizenry. Now, not that we have favorites, Lisa, but do you have a favorite episode? (laughs) Oh, that's a hard one. Each episode has been special in its own way, and I've learned something new from each one. But maybe because it's our inaugural episode, I really enjoyed discussing Columbia Center for Urban Agriculture and their Henry Kirkland Black Farmer Scholarship Fund with Executive Director Billy Polanski and First Scholarship recipient Eddie Lindsay, who operates a small farm in Boone County. In this episode, we talk about Billy and Eddie's agricultural backgrounds and how their work impacts their local communities. We also delve into the topic of representation of Black farmers in Missouri, the legacy of Henry Kirkland, and creating a scholarship in his name. I don't blame you for picking our first episode as your favorite. We were entering into something new, and it was really meaningful for us. Here's a little clip from that that sets the tone for the episode and how important of an issue this is for Missouri agriculture. We looked in the census of agriculture, and... The last one was done in 2017, and at that time, Boone County showed zero black farmers, zero. Considering that, you know, there actually, there were slaves here, there were plantations in Boone County, that there is a history of of black farmers, and that essentially, like historically, black farmers have been left out because um, the best way to get into farming is to have your parents be farmers and to inherit uh, the land or to inherit some kind of wealth. Historically, black farmers have not had that opportunity because the land was originally owned by uh, white families and the black farm, the black farmers who worked there initially were slaves and had no ownership in that. They didn't get to inherit anything, even though they worked in agriculture. Alrighty, Caitlin, I shared my favorite. Now it's your turn. Well, if you remember, I boldly stated in our most recent episode that my conversation with Chef Nephi Craig was definitely ranked high on my list. It was just downright interesting, you know? 
I learned something. I felt like he was really engaged and passionate about the topic, and the timing was just really great as we approached the holiday season to be talking about topics like indigeneity, native foods, and health and wellness. Here's a piece from that episode. Being in culinary school and getting introduced to the world of um, professional cooking, it, it, uh, it was really apparent right away that there was no mention of native peoples. Um, no, I never even heard of a native chef. All those shows I used to watch, I never saw a native chef. Um, so it, it kind of became apparent that there was a void there. But I knew growing up on the res, growing up on the res, both in Avalon Nation and Apache Land, that you know everybody's grandma's a master chef, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody. And not only that, but just by being in contact with food and growing up on the res and in native communities, you hear food a part of so many different things, from our creation stories to our legends, our clan system, our arts, you know, um, our arts and crafts. There's food imagery woven into it all. So when you just kind of stop and think about it, you can see food really woven into the fabric of our culture. I love how this clip gives us insight into Chef Nephi's upbringing and mindset as he set out to advance the visibility of native foods and ultimately become a pioneer in the development of restorative indigenous food practices. I love that he touches on food being universal, but also being woven into the fabric of his culture and traditions. And overall, I just really appreciated hearing about the path he took from focusing on classically trained cuisine to creating and highlighting Native American cuisine. The entire conversation was just so good. It was such an inspirational episode. We could probably make this case for each of our eight episodes, but we wanted to get some other opinions in the mix. So we put our team to the task and asked some of them to tell us about the episodes or even just moments that resonated most. Here's what our executive director, Ashley Beard Fosno, had to say. I really enjoyed all the episodes in the Eat, Think, and Be Merry podcast, but my favorite episode was probably episode three. It was the think and drink focused on food and community. Uh, in the episode, Dr. Lyle Foster was talking about how he opened a coffee shop called Big Mama's on Commercial Street in Springfield. And it was a, a catalyst and a way to build community. In the way that he described it, he mentioned Howard Schultz, uh, the concept of the third place. And he said that when we create a third place, it's not our home, it's not our work, but it's a third space, a gathering place where we can build social capital and create community. And I really love that idea. And I've been thinking about it ever since as we work to build our humanities community. And then even in my personal life, how can I make my own neighborhood um, a stronger community? How can we build a sense of belonging across the state of Missouri? Um, and so I really love episodes that make me think and make me take it back into my personal life and try to apply what I've learned. So a little more about Ashley's pick. For our Think and Drink events, we partner with breweries, restaurants, and other venues throughout the state to engage Missourians in thought-provoking discussion over a pint of beer or beverage of choice. This episode is a live recording of a Think and Drink we held at Mother's Brewing Company, an independent craft brewery in the heart of downtown Springfield, Missouri, and it features a conversation with three local restaurateurs and business owners who are paving the way for how we think about the relationship between food, community, sustainability, and cultural ties. 
We hosted this event as a kickoff to our fifth annual Humanities Symposium, Humanities and Food, Sustenance and Sustainability in Our Communities. It was just one of those inspirational events that really made you want to go out and support local restaurants and businesses and be more involved in your community. And I love that our executive director was so inspired by this conversation that she has carried into her work in daily life. Here's the segment that inspired her so much. But really, I would say that community was perhaps the inspiration behind the inception of Big Mama's Coffee and Espresso Bar. Um, and I actually want to just shout out to our community that because in about two weeks, Big Mama's will be 15 years old, which I cannot believe. I cannot. But thank you. But that really has been the support of this wonderful community. I thought I was simply passing through, but really the idea of Big Mamas is kind of what has anchored me and made this a new home for me. I would say that probably in those early days of the inception of Big Mamas, um, I was somewhat inspired by this guy named Howard Schultz. He is the kind of founder of that place that has the mermaid for the logo. And he wrote this book called The Third Place. And it's this idea that all of us have a third place. We've kind of got work and home and you told me over here to look this way, so I'm looking that way. <laughs> so there's this third place. So in cities like Chicago and St. Louis, they have the neighborhood bar. <laughs> but oftentimes in European um, culture, it's oftentimes an espresso bar. It's a coffee shop. Because often, and I went to Italy to kind of see what the scene was like. People would literally go three, four times a day to the local coffee shop, getting their little espresso and all these different little beautiful drinks. And so... I was inspired by this notion of creating a third place. And for those of you who are, have been in Springfield for a while, you know that 16, 17 years ago, there were a lot of things people said about Commercial Street. <laughs> and one of those was, don't go. <laughs> you know, it's a scary place. And so they, that was a challenge, of course, in how to create a space that people would want to go. And I'm a sociologist by training, so I was really desirous of helping to build community, and I believe eating um, that kind of a space and communing together. And we wanted to create a space where you were more than a number, that we wanted you to feel at home. Okay, next we have Chrissy, our Director of Community Engagement, who really connected with our episode with Suzanne Corbett. And I just love how she reflects on the conversation by sharing a personal story. In this episode, our conversation with Suzanne, acclaimed writer, producer, and food historian, digs into the many ways cookbooks, recipes, and ingredients serve as a unique kind of cultural heritage. My favorite episode in the Eat, Think, and Be Merry podcast is the episode called Cookbooks as Cultural Heritage. I like this because it reminds me of my past and as my childhood, because we always had cookbooks laying around. Many of them were spiral bound, but always had little sleeves sticking into them of other recipes, handwritten or typed or however you got them. So it reminds me of my grandmother and my aunts and that, and we'd sit around cooking, uh, either doing you know meals for our families or doing catering for events like weddings or things like that. So that episode really touched my heart. This was a really lovely episode to record. I think a lot of our episode four listeners can relate to or have a story similar about cooking with loved ones and connecting through recipes that have been passed down. I agree. And something I really loved about this episode is the idea of cookbooks being a time capsule, an integral part of telling us about a time in history. 
I really love Suzanne's response to the question of how she sees the role of cookbooks as representation of local history, cultural heritage, and what we can learn from our church or community cookbooks. You learn who you were. We learn who we were, where we were, what our mindsets were. Were things going well? Were things a little bit more depressed uh, economically? It shows just not beyond the trends, but it just shows that slice of diversity of people coming and going. Who's cooking? Why are they cooking? Uh, where they're cooking at? Uh, is it the backyard? The out? Uh, is, is it a a uh, church supper? Mm-hmm. Is it a curry dish and donate to a food pantry, a soup kitchen, or whatever? Many of these books will give you hints on just what was going on at the time that they were written. And lastly, we have our development manager, Claire Bruntrager. And the episode that resonated most with her was episode five. This episode was really special because in addition to joining us for the podcast, Adrian Miller, also known as the Soul Food Scholar, was our keynote speaker for the 2022 Momentum Gala. Here's Claire's reflection on what impacted her most about this conversation. My favorite episode is episode five, Adrian Miller, the Soul Food Scholar. I like this episode because of the way he personifies history, spotlighting the lives of the many black men and women who played vital roles in the evolution of American cuisine and the American story. I love how he explores the politics of food as well. It's such a fascinating topic. How studying what dishes or types of cuisine are served can tell you so much about who a person is and who a country is at a specific moment in time. And finally, I love this episode because he offers up the hope that in a world where there are less and less places to come together, that African-American cuisine and foodways can become a welcome table. I'm really glad Claire chose to highlight Adrian's episode. Adrian Miller is a lawyer turned food writer who has written three books on the impact of African-American foodways. He joined us for this special episode as we discussed his research on soul food and barbecue. And coincidentally enough, the clip I picked from episode five ties in with Claire's reflection. Here's what Adrian has to say about the importance of uniting around the table. Well, we all got to eat. <laughs> and um, I think in our society, there are just fewer and fewer spaces where people from all walks of life can come together. And the table is one of the few of them left. Mm-hmm. And um, I think most people, if you're somewhat social, I mean, if you're an introvert, maybe this doesn't happen. But um, m- in most circumstances, when you sit down at a table with someone and you're eating, conversation usually flows um, because at the table uh, you're all equal and you're experiencing something together and um, I think that's why there was so much energy in the Jim Crow South to keeping people from eating together because how can you not recognize the humanity of the person sitting across from you at the table I hope everyone found this episode as moving as we did While we only had enough time to reflect on a few of our episodes, we really hope folks feel inspired to go back and listen to the rest if they haven't already. So, Lisa, shall we spill the beans on our 2023 signature series? For sure, and I have a feeling we are still going to be spewing food idioms well into the new year. 
We are so excited to announce our 2023 signature series, Roots and Routes, or Roots and Roots, depending on how you say routes, the movement and settlement of Missourians. We'll consider the movement of people, both voluntary and involuntary, and its influence on the cultural heritage, natural environment, and modern makeup of Missouri. Like other states in our nation, Missouri's culture, history, and demographics have been influenced both by people descended from different places across the world, as well as indigenous peoples with ancestral ties to this land. Our state has also been undeniably influenced and morphed by how various peoples made these movements and by advances in transportation, whether they be on the river, the railroads, or the highways. And in our 2023 podcast series, we aim to explore what has influenced the movement of people into, out of, and within our state, and take a glance at how both chosen and forced migrations and changes in transportation throughout our state's history has shaped Missouri and continue to weave a tapestry of diverse cultures that ultimately define and redefine this place. We've often heard that we are a nation of immigrants, knowing who came from where, when they came, and what happened to them once they got here is central to understanding not just the history of the United States, but also the history of Missouri as a state. The immigrant experience has impacted the direction and growth of Missouri, and the various movements of people have influenced politics, population, demographics, and industrial growth. But we'd be remiss to focus solely on the experiences of immigrants, while much of our population is descended from immigrants, we also acknowledge that a large number are descended from those who were brought here by force. In addition, we must consider the stories and voices of those who were here before us, who were removed from their land, and still have cultural and ancestral ties to it. Roots and Routes will examine these intricate layers of history and their impact on the past and present Missouri, which presents both a unique opportunity and a challenge to incorporate many stories from different perspectives as we explore this complex theme. Now, Caitlin, you'll be tackling the digital aspects of our signature series next year. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's in store for our listeners? I sure can. We are excited to continue our signature series podcast, and Roots and Routes will debut as season two. To our subscribers and followers, you may notice the name of the Eat, Think, and Be Merry podcast changed to Missouri Humanities. Eat, Think, and Be Merry will remain as season one under that name, followed by upcoming Roots and Routes episodes. So if you're subscribed now, you'll get notifications when Roots and Routes starts rolling out. And Lisa, you'll be taking on our in-person public programming. I know we've had some really great conversations with partners, and you've got some exciting stuff in store. It's really shaping up to be another engaging and illuminating year. So to everyone listening, stay connected. Be sure you follow us on social media at Mo Humanities and subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. Additionally, if you have a story to tell or want to get involved with Roots and Routes or just want to learn more, head to mohumanities.org backslash movement, where you can submit your connections and ideas, and maybe we can incorporate them in some way this year. Well, Lisa, that is a wrap on season one, Eat, Think, and Be Merry. We hope you've all enjoyed this little digestif with us as we reflected on our year and begun diving into next year's theme. Stay tuned to Missouri Humanities for the launch of Season 2, 
Roots and Routes, The Movement and Settlement of Missourians. Episode 1 will drop in early 2023. As we mentioned, there will be lots more to come for our 2023 signature series, and we hope you'll come along for the journey. We want to thank you all for joining us around the table in 2022 as we've explored the role food plays in shaping our society. It is our sincere hope that you enjoyed each episode and learned something new along the way. This podcast is brought to you by Missouri Humanities. Please help us share these stories by sharing episodes with friends, family, and on your social media platforms. If you're listening on an app, don't forget to follow us and leave a review. I'm Caitlin Yeager with Lisa Carrico, and we hope you'll join Missouri Humanities again soon for our newest season as we embark on exploring the roots and routes of Missourians. Missourians.